From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty and Perenni Podcast. of the Frosty and Perenni Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, Tony Perenni. Derek, what week are we in now? I don't even think ESPN knows anymore. Uh, no, Tony, we are um, we are in NFL week six, uh, but I'm not sure what time the week starts, what time the week ends. But all I know, Tony, is, uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready for another fun-filled COVID weekend. <laughs> as news drops about the Falcons being shut down. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like the Falcons just their coach got fired on Monday and then they just hit fuck it and just kind of went out and started doing <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> it was like the most predictable facility shutdown yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Dan Quinn's gone. We're just going to, you know, go out and party and whatever happens, happens. Uh, our season's over anyway. Well, <laughs> There's a bar right down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had a Tuesday night football, which was a lot of fun this week. I was a fan. I was a fan. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually really missing the Thursday night game tonight. I think I'm, like, I'm one of the few people out there. I know everybody likes to hate on a Thursday night game, but I, I kind of like having a game on Thursday nights. Well, I'll tell you, Tony, I kind of forgot it was canceled. So as we were getting ready, we're recording here on Thursday night. And I, I was like, oh, the game's on. And, and there's, there's often times where we record on Thursdays. And so I throw the game on to see what's going on. And uh, I threw NFL Network on, and it's it's the Chiefs and Raiders. And I'm like, oh, man, this this isn't now. Like, this was this was last week's game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing here that the Thursday game isn't happening. And, and I'm with you. I, I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. But now, you know, if this is going to continue, we're going to have Thursday night games. We're going to have um, – you know, college football on Saturday, NFL comes back on Sunday, Monday. You always have the chance now for a flex to Tuesday, you know, and then once, when and if the MAC gets going, we get some Wednesday action. I mean, we're going to have seven-day-a-week football here real soon. Yeah, it's one of the side effects of COVID that we're actually not too bad, not too bad with right now. So uh, it just kind of feel like you got robbed of a good game tonight, right? Because it was going to be Chiefs and Bills and uh, – Turns out, uh, not real great for a team to hit Monday, not knowing if they're playing on Tuesday or on Thursday and which team they're playing. That's, that's the Bills can attest to from Tuesday. They looked a little bit disorganized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we got to get into some news here, Tony. So uh, kind of an up and down week here for Tyler Kerr. Uh, obviously, his score was down. But Le'Veon Bell gets released from the Jets. And then tonight, it gets, or I guess today, it gets announced that Le'Veon Bell picked up by the Chiefs. So I think that's got to be fairly good news for Tyler. But Tony, I'm a little nervous for you now. Yeah, you asked me a couple weeks ago if I was nervous about Clyde, and I wasn't at that point. But now I think, I think the message this sends from the Chiefs right here is that they're not fully satisfied with the the immediate progress that Clyde is making. So uh, while we kind of thought he was going to be a perfect fit for that offense right from the get-go, he kind of seems like he's taken a little bit longer to get his feet under him. And I, I expect Le'Veon is going to come in. And I don't know if it's going to be a 50-50 split or if Clyde will get 70, Bell will get 30. But I, I think he's going to get quite a few touches because I think they want to keep Daryl Williams off the field as much as they possibly can. So I think you're going to find pretty quick. I, I don't think... Le'Veon is the player that he was with Pittsburgh, but I also oh. don't think he's done. So uh, Adam Gase has the remarkable ability to make good players disappear. So uh, pretty much every single player that plays under him is terrible until they get away from him. So I fully expect him in that offense to be uh, be a factor for them. So it's, it just amazes me that uh, Adam Gase outlived Le'Veon Bell in New York. <laughs> I don't know what the organization is thinking. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, and, and I think it's easy to sit there and blame the player and say, well, the players and who they who they were. I think we're going to see a Le'Veon Bell somewhere in between Pittsburgh and New York because he's not going to be as good as Le'Veon was in Pittsburgh. And he's not going to be as bad as Le'Veon was in New York. So we're going to get somewhere in the middle. But that offensive line for the Chiefs is impressively good. So those holes are going to be quite large for Le'Veon to be running through. And if him and uh, Edwards Hilaire are, are splitting time in any type of a timeshare, you know, the Chiefs go up, they go up fast, they go up big, and then they run the ball a lot. So, and, you know, we know Patrick Mahomes likes to, likes to toss the ball, and uh, he's, he's going to, he likes to toss it to running backs, and Le'Veon Bell can catch the ball. So I think it's going to be a pretty nice match there for, for Tyler, and he needs something to turn his season around. Yeah, he sure does. This is like a gift from heaven for him. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he actually gets Le'Veon in his lineup on a week-to-week basis and uh, can take advantage of that. Well, let's jump into it, Tony. We have the Super Cold Open presented by Modine's Three, and we'll start with your team, Tony. You're off to a beautiful three and zero start. You drop last week's game and you drop this week's game to Mike Engine Thrones Bonnie McMurray one thirty eight. To 121.8. Uh, Engine Throne sees a great game out of Deshaun Watson at just shy of 25 points. The rest of his squad putting up pretty solid numbers. Over on your side, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we were just talking about, only puts up 11 for you. Lamar Jackson, 10 points under projection, only puts up 13. And uh, you had overall a, a fairly Rough showing out of everybody um, outside of uh, David Montgomery puts up just shy of 19 and Calvin Ridley puts up 21 and a half. Uh, so, so you find yourself sliding a bit. Uh, any concern from you or is this just how the season goes? Uh, I think it's just how the season goes. At least that's what I'm hoping. We already mentioned Clyde, who I'm, I'm, I'm minorly concerned about moving forward, but I think the rest of my lineup is still pretty solid uh, getting Devontae Adams, that nice new toy we get to take out of the garage this weekend that I got in the trade. Uh, hopefully a healthy Devontae Adams if we get the plug in. Um, he'll be in there in my lineup for the first time. Uh, I think a big issue with this past weekend is Lamar Jackson and the, the Ravens got out to immediate 21 nothing lead and then just coasted for the rest of the game. I think Lamar had two carries for three yards, which is his lowest rushing output probably ever in the NFL. So um, still puts up 13 and a half points. So even on a, on a bad day for him, he's still putting up double digit points for you. But uh, when Watson's putting up 25 on the other side, uh, it's tough to match that. So uh, two rough weeks for me. I'm hoping we can get things righted. I'm still the top scoring team in the league. So I still have a lot of potential there. Um, I'd like my chances to get turned around here. Um, Need this. Need to stop this from turning into a three-game slide. I'm starting to get some some visions of last year's big slide coming back. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would be a little nervous if I were you. Um, <laughs> moving on here, uh, Vince Provenzales, Scott's Tots takes care of Tyler Curtis, saved by Labelle, one twenty-one to eighty-four point eight, and once again we see Ty unable to break that 100-point mark, which he's only done once this year so far. <clears throat> Vince gets good showing out of Patrick Mahomes with nearly 30 points and Adam Thielen with nearly 30 points. Uh, and everybody else puts up teens and, and some higher single digits. Over on Tyler's side, we really we see C.D. Lamb with 20. Unfortunately, 49ers defense going up against Miami, which you figured would be a decent play for for Ty they were projected at 7.2 end up with negative four as Fitzmagic was alive and well for the Miami Dolphins Tom Brady only puts up 14 below projection there in the loss the 19 to 20 loss against Chicago we have to talk about it because it was all the rage earlier this week uh Tom Brady can't count downs anymore apparently Tony <laughs> apparently not that's uh you gotta get cut him some slack he is 43 Derek. <laughs> <laughs> i was uh, i was listening to uh get up on monday and uh i'm trying to remember who it was it was mark sanchez and um gosh uh one of the other guys who was a quarterback 
And you know Sanchez is, is known for the butt fumble and some other some other gaffes uh, that he had in his career. But one of the things that got brought up is you know Brady's been playing with the same coaching staff his entire career, and the the player learns the coaching staff, the coaching staff learns the player, and so you know he has somebody else in his helmet now, maybe not calling out the downs or or not you know exactly what it was before but at the end of the day like you gotta look over and see what down it is like that's just that's just a, you know situational awareness now tom brady rarely makes mistakes like this so it is what it is but gosh that's a that's a bad one in that kind of game that should have been very winnable yeah i think you're still seeing the learning process going on down there in tampa and i think it's been uh, it's been extended quite a bit just based on all the injuries that they've had. Uh, Godwin's been out a couple games. Mike Evans has been in and out of the lineup. Scotty Miller, the third receiver, is banged up. O.J. Howard goes out for the year. So he really just hasn't been able to get any chemistry on a regular basis with all of his weapons at the same time. And I think it's leading to a lot of disorganization once he gets to the line of scrimmage out there. So wouldn't be surprised if he's spending way too much time trying to get the guys lined up and trying to make sure everybody knows what they're supposed to do on a regular basis rather than just getting up there, lining up and playing football like he's used to. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. It's a rookie mistake from him, but I, I would expect it probably won't happen again if I know him. He's probably being harder on himself than everybody else is. So let me ask you this, Tony. <clears throat> we talked about Le'Veon Bell earlier. Tyler Curtis sitting at 0-5, uh, lowest points in the league. Can anything save his season? Can Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City save it? Is there anything that can save Tyler Kerr's season, or is he destined for another uh, toilet bowl run? I, I still like some of the talent on his team. I don't think his team is done by any stretch of the imagination. Le'Veon gets a uh, shot in the arm here getting to go to KC. He's got two good Dallas receivers uh, with Cooper and Lamb. Uh, CD's turned into a really good target down there, you know, the, the question is, how does that look now with Andy Dalton at quarterback? Um, Dak was obviously throwing for more yards than anybody in the league, so that was that was huge if you owned a Cowboy receiver. I'm not fully expecting things to go completely off the rails for Dallas. They have enough weapons there, and I think Dalton is a, an efficient enough quarterback to take advantage of a decent amount of that. I don't, I don't think either of them are going to really completely drop off a cliff. Um, would help him a ton if he'd get Robert Woods in the lineup there. He had 17 points sitting on the bench. Uh, Devontae Parker is a number one receiver in Miami, and he's been fairly consistent on a week-by-week basis. We'll have to see how that how that pay, how that plays out once Tua ends up being the quarterback there. It's only a matter of time. Um, but I think he's got some decent pieces there. Um, it's just a matter of getting the right guys in his lineup every single week. And, uh you know, he's, he's going to need a little bit of luck, but I think he got some of that this week uh, with Adam Gase's stupidity. So maybe that'll be enough <laughs> to finally get him in the win column. Yeah, 0-5, oh that's, a, that's a rough way to start. <laughs> Moving on here, we go to the Rocky Top Rumble, where Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge takes it. 120-113. to 113. Uh, Kyler Murray showing up here. At 26 points for him uh, to get that with Cam Newton on the bench there, or I guess in the IR slot. Uh, so Ky- Kyler Murray shows up well for Charlie and able to overcome the negative five points that the Kansas City defense gave in that 32-40 to 40 loss. Over on Groover's side, Deontay Johnson uh, only putting up .8 points really hurt him there. Uh, as Dak Prescott, we saw, went out early with an injury, giving him 13. Uh, and Dak, you know, done for the year with that that nasty broken leg there. Uh, but otherwise, you know, Miles Sanders puts up 24. Uh, so that looked pretty good for him. Everybody else about at projection. But Groover, you know, with that Dak Prescott injury, that probably, if Dak would have been able to finish the game, that might have been a very different outcome for him. Yeah, tough one for Steve, and he, it's been a, a season full of tough ones for him. The Dak going down, Saquon going down earlier in the season as two of his best players. Deontay Johnson goes down in the first quarter again uh, for Pittsburgh. He's been struggling to make it through games for him at this point. Um, got a good game out of Miles Sanders in his first one since I traded them over there, but just not enough to overcome the rash of injuries that his team has been taking on. So 
Um, I think he's really feeling it on his side, uh, <clears throat> having to navigate these waters. Julio Jones is still hurt for him, really hasn't gotten to play him too much since he got him from Dave. So things just from a luck standpoint, just not going Steve's way right now. And uh, his, his good buddy, Charlie, gets to take advantage of it this week. Um, not sure I can remember ever seeing in our league a, a situation where the final points for a team come so close to the projection. <laughs> <laughs> he was projected for 119.6. He finishes the 119.8. <laughs> How is that for efficiency? <laughs> Every his, so often he team... pulls it out. <laughs> <laughs> his team showed up and did exactly what they were supposed to do this week. <laughs> yeah, Almost it, all of them outside of the Chiefs. <laughs> well, and that's just it, right? So, like, as you set your lineup, like, that's what you're looking at is, is generally the projection. Uh, and, and so when your team hits projection, it's like, all right, all right, like, uh, you know, we nailed it. Obviously, you wanted to outperform projection, but too often, at least in my experience, you end up on the other side of it where they're underperforming projection. Uh, but moving on here, oh, good. Yeah, typically, but this is this is the dream right here. Like, if you get you're slated for one nineteen point six, you get one nineteen point eight. That that's all you can ask for on a week to week basis. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, moving on here to a team that routinely outperforms projection. However, not this week. Uh, Tim Taft's leave it to Beasley is able to still get the win against Kevin Hulix. Jump the chart 117 to 103. Uh, Tim was projected for 123, only got uh, 117. But uh, most of that was Josh Allen pretty severely underperformed there, only getting 16 points. Devin Singletary only 4.3. Todd Gurley, though, Looking good with 25. On the other side for Kevin there, Russell Wilson right at projection with 24. Uh, and unfortunately, Zach Ertz only getting him a point. Debo Samuel only getting him four. So not enough there from Kevin as Kevin falls to two and three. But Tim over there in the Einstein division at four and one sitting at second. I'm really just interested to know how you feel coming out of this game, Derek, because uh, coming out of our uh, our conference call last week, you picked both teams to win. So um, it's come, this week, how do you feel looking back at this? Well, I was right. Tim won. <laughs> you were also wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so it was right fine. for the wrong reason. Because you thought the Bills guys were going to ball out. It just, they didn't, and it just didn't matter. Yeah, right. That's exactly what I said was going to happen. So, uh, yeah, so Tim nailed it, and he won, and I was right, and we're going to move on. So, uh, Kalen King's Bob's <laughs> Kalen King's Bob Roethlisberger moves on to 5 and 0 oh against, against Dave Peschians, the Lil Sebastians. Tony, this game is almost as close as it gets. 154.86 to 154.7. I don't know about you, Tony, but I was glued to my phone as these games started to end. And then a couple of days later, because you have to watch for the stat corrections, like we're, right. doing, this on, we're doing this on Thursday. I'm like, <laughs> are, are we in the clear to actually talk about this game? Or is this going to change tomorrow? <laughs> this is razor thin. It, it really is. It really is. And and when we look down uh, Kalen's roster, we don't see anybody who had, you know, an amazing, amazing game. But he gets over 20-point performances from Ben Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, Robbie Anderson at 19.5. So just some really, really great showings out of his team. And... Brandon Cooks gets 30 on the bench. So Kalen is is pretty well set up there, I think, moving forward. But when we look on the other side for Dave's team, we see a lot of the same. He gets uh, 21 points out of Drew Brees, 19.9 out of Chris Carson, nearly 30 out of Mike Davis. And I got to tell you, I know we walked it back a little bit. This Mike Davis trade may save Dave because Mike Davis has been showing up and he showed up again. I know Dave didn't win, but man, like Dave is going to be on the right track here. DeAndre Hopkins, 
Ravens defense gives him 25, but just not quite enough in the loss. This is probably one of the better matchups we've had in the last couple of years here. Both teams go up uh, over 150 and have to sweat it out come Monday night. That's just uh, all eyes were glued watching that. And as you mentioned, the, uh, the the Mike Davis trade starting to look a lot rosier for Dave at this point as he got the healthier receiver out of it. And uh, he got Mike Davis and didn't have to spend any waiver money on him. So maybe we need to spin that a different direction, whereas he could have just bid for him and not lost Julio. Uh, he hasn't missed anything from Julio in the last couple of weeks since he sent him over. See, Julio hasn't been playing. So uh, right now it's looking pretty good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were talking to Dave offline uh, a bit ago. And, uh, you know, he was he was kind of giving us some crap about, you know, that we've been harsh on him for that trade, you know, calling him an idiot and whatnot. And we absolutely did that. But, uh, man, I, I'm, I'll walk it back. You know, I, I think – at this point, at least, as of you know, going into week six, Dave looks like he won that trade when I think we, we all projected he had lost it. But it, it, we'll see how it ends up, right? We don't, we don't make these final calls at week six. We make them at the end. But it looks like, you know, whether dumb luck or strategy, Dave, uh, Dave's going to come out on top on this one, I think. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's been putting up points, and he's sitting there at two and three, though. So luck hasn't really been on his side. And uh, this time it goes to Kalen's side, and he ends up at 5-0, and sitting there above everybody else in the league. So got to feel pretty good with where he's at, especially with the number of guys that went over 20 points for him. His team's peaking right now, and uh, he's got to feel pretty good, especially when guys on the bench are going off too. That's a pretty strong roster that he's put together. Yeah, but I want to know when the cocky, arrogant Kalen comes out, because we saw a very humble Kalen when we had him on the show a couple weeks ago. He was afraid of the of the Frosty Pod curse. And maybe, you know, Tony, maybe adding your name to the to the podcast has has ended the Frosty curse. Let's hope not. (laughs) You got to have something like that for people. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see, because uh, you know, we'll see who comes on, Tony. All I know is that since you've been uh, dipping out on the live reads, your team has lost two in a row. So I don't know what that means for this week, because from what I hear, you don't have a live read, which means I'm doing it again. And uh, I think we see you at three and three this week. Then uh, could be, could be. It's like we're already, <laughs> already on <a> conference call. <laughs> And that'll do it for the Super Cold Open presented by Modines 3. Head on down and get yourself a puppers. We'll head to commercial. Stick with us. Okay. Fine. All right. All right. I'll talk about it. Nobody even noticed. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, specifically the fine listeners, of the Frosty and Perenny podcast, you may have noticed something that seemed a little bit strange about uh, the last ABC segment. So I'd like to address it now. I did not plug our very generous sponsor. Now, this firm has been nothing but kind to me. They've always been fully supportive of my dreams and aspirations. But, you know, as much as I wanted to work with Pawnee's greatest accounting firm, I just had to cut ties with my man, Barney. I'm sorry, Barney. I know you were accounting on me. <laughs> oh, he's going to love that one. All right, so our new sponsor, we're moving on to greener pastures here. Our new sponsor is Teddy's Handyman Services. Teddy apparently doesn't understand how to write a plug and instead has just offered some of his greatest lines, uh, including Bobby. Want to come over and watch the game tonight? I'm making a three-bean salad, but it's bring your own bean. Can I put you down for garbanzo? Thanks to Teddy and his generous money, we can delve into the workings of the English section on the ACT. So the English test is split into two categories, usage and mechanics, which contains punctuation, grammar, your sentence structure, and then rhetorical. Now, when I hear the word rhetorical, I think of one very specific line. And I know, Kevin, if you're listening, you'll get a hit out of this. Uh, It's rhetorical, Lucas Stokes. It means shut up. And that's a little trivia. uh, If anybody that went to Fitch and knows the great old uh, Mr. Mr. Brooks, he was a very vocal teacher. 
And that's about it. So rhetorical broken up into strategy, uh, organization. You get some style points in there as well. Each topic has pretty much an equal share of the exam, but it seems like sentence structure barely edges out the other. So we'll use that in tonight's practice question with the following passage. About three and a half million people a day ride the subway. I think maybe I might possibly have met them all. So how do we fix this? Got a couple examples. One of them is no change. Spoiler alert, that's not the right answer. So we'll skip it. So the first one, about three and a half million people a day ride the subways. I think maybe I might possibly have met them all. Second option, about three and a half million people a day ride the subways, which I think maybe I might have possibly met them all. Finally, about three and a half million people a day ride the subways. Actually, I think I might possibly have met them all. Doesn't sound right. Honestly, the first one, it, that's, that's the one that works and works best here. So that's what I'm going with. And, you know, to be honest, take that with a grain of salt, because as I look over this segment that I've written, Microsoft clearly doesn't trust my grammar or spelling. Thank you for joining me during this edition of the ABCs of the ACTs, brought to you by Teddy's Handyman Services. Don't feed a guy a sponge, Bobby. Back to the show. All right, Tony. We're hopping right into it. We're moving quick on a Thursday night. We're going to head to the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. And first game, Tony, we're going to go to yours because I think it's going to be the least exciting as your 3-2 and two Pretoria FC take on Tyler Kerr's 0-5, saved by LaBelle. And we see you are projected 133 to 92.7, uh, 40-point spread. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be a slaughter, and I don't think there's any way you go to three and three here. Now, you have you dropped the game to tie last year, so I'm hoping for some type of miracle to happen, but I don't I don't see it, Tony. Well, it was a similar situation to that game last year, right? I think I was a heavy favorite going into that, too, riding like a three-game losing streak and ended up being the fourth and uh, really ended up being the dagger that put me in the toilet bowl playoffs, so... Uh, I need need to get back in the win column this week to reverse that curse, or else if I lose this week, uh, I'm gonna really be sweating. My tone next week's gonna be a whole lot different. <laughs> uh, Ty's looking to Tom Brady. He's projected at 20. David Johnson 14.4. Le'Veon Bell projected at zero. And Tony, I haven't seen. I don't know if you have. If Le'Veon's expected to play this week. Um, oh, okay, okay. I'm reading here, because he has to undergo COVID-19, he will not be able to join the team in time for Monday's game. So Le'Veon Bell will not be with the Chiefs this week. So Ty does have him in there at a zero right now. He likely will put in Fournette, projected at 9.9. So expect that projection to jump to 102-ish. Nearly 103. So a little closer, now only a 30-point spread. (laughs) Instead of a 40. Uh, Tony, on your side, you're looking for a big game out of Lamar Jackson and Devontae Adams, both projected at over 20. Uh, I think it's fairly obvious, Tony. I'm going with your team here. Uh, What are your thoughts going into this game? i got to keep an eye on Calvin Ridley this week with the Falcons shutting down their facility. Hopefully they're able to play. If not, I'm going to have to go down into the depth of my bench to pull somebody up there. Um, but really looking forward to Devontae Adams playing, hopefully healthy. Um, sure, throwing LaVisca Chenault in there for the first time, hoping that'll give pay some dividends for me. So dusting off some new guys with the bye weeks hitting me here. Uh, so really anxious to see how my team performs. But I, I feel pretty good about going into this week. I think this is the get-right week for me. Moving on, we see... <clears throat> Moving on, we see Mike Ingen Thrones, Bonnie McMurray taking on Dave Pestians, the Little Sebastians. And right now, it's looking a little rough here with Drew Brees and Chris Carson 
uh, not projected. Um, are they on a bye week or what are they on? Yeah, they're okay. Drew Brees, Chris Carson, both on bye weeks currently on Dave's bench. So, or I'm sorry, currently in the roster. So Dave will have to go to the bench. Matt Stafford projected for uh, 19.8. So that'll jump up the projection there. And looks like running back wise, Dave's in a rough spot unless he does some moves here. Tony Pollard projected 4.9. So uh, Dave picking up 30 points in the projection, which will make that a 15 point spread according to ESPN. Mike looking to Deshaun Watson going up against Tennessee for uh, projected 20 points. Everybody else looking like they're in the teens. So I'm going to go with Mike here. He's sitting there at two and three. He's looking to get to 500. I think it's going to be enough as Dave battles some major bye week implications here. Uh, I think, uh, I think Mike takes it. Tony, where are you at? Yeah, it's kind of kind of tough to get a read on this, having to go down into his bench to find some players here. But um, he's going to have some good matchups, Dave is. And uh, looking at the other side, Mike's uh, Tennessee Titans look pretty good. Deshaun Watson's going to be facing them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, who I think has been largely disappointing this year. He's gotten in the end zone a couple times, but for the most part hasn't really broken any long runs or anything. He gets a good matchup with Cincinnati. Hopefully he can get right there. Uh, has Alexander Madison plugged in against the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, who we mentioned, have pretty much already quit on the season, so that could be pretty nice for him. Um, just just some really good matchups going down there, but I think I think Dave's got some good ones over there on his side, too. Uh, Mike Davis against the Bears. The Bears have not been real great against running backs so far. DeAndre Hopkins against the Cowboys, who have struggled to cover everybody. I think that's a pretty good matchup. Uh, Austin Hooper, you never really know with those Browns tight ends who's going to be the guy that they're going to be throwing to. Um, but if they can protect for Baker long enough, I think uh, Baker's going to have some real opportunities down the field too. Um, and the Ravens defense gets to go against the Eagles team and Carson Wentz, who is so shorthanded right now, uh, is throwing a Travis Fulgham last year, last week <laughs> as his top receiver. Uh, I think there could be some turnovers in store there. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be the prodigal son coming back, Matthew Stafford, who's going to deliver a victory for Dave Peston. And, and you get ready for it, Derek. We're going to be sitting <laughs> here next week talking about Matthew Stafford again. How pumped are you? Oh, man. I, you know what? I wake up every morning and I'm like, I hope there's some good Matt Stafford news because I love talking about that guy. Because, wow, is he relevant every fucking week to me. Our favorite topics. <laughs> COVID, AB, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> no particular order. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, moving on. We have Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge going into town to take on Vince Gorgonzola's Scott's Tots. And this is a B-team division battle. Both teams sitting at three and two. So this may very well be the, you know, to get the first place of the B team division. And this one is deadlocked. Charlie projected a 121.2. Vince projected a 124.7. Charlie looking for big games out of Kyler Murray projected at 23. The rest of his roster projected in the teens for the most part. Currently still has the Chiefs defense in taking on Buffalo, only projected 4.6. So we'll see what the Bills can do here on a bounce-back week if indeed Charlie keeps the, uh, keeps that Bills defense on his roster after a disappointing showing last week. On the other side, for Vince, we see Patrick Mahomes at 23.8 projection. Everybody else sitting there in the mid-teens. Now, one thing to watch for here is Odell Beckham Jr. He left practice today. With an undisclosed illness, they said he tested negative for COVID. Uh, but they tested him again uh, Thursday before he left practice. So Friday, we'll find out uh, if it is COVID or what the status is for OBJ. But watch that uh, as we get closer if OBJ is going to play or not currently listed as questionable. So uh, I want to do another uh, conditional pick, Tony, but I'm not going to because I got ridiculed last week for doing it. I think OBJ does not play. 
And so I'm going to pick Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge to outscore projection because when OBJ doesn't play, they're going to lean on Kareem Hunt a bit more than they have leading up to it, especially with Chubb out. So I'm going to go Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge for the win. Tony, who are you picking? This is a tough one. Just going down both lineups, you see a lot of cues for questionable there. Mike Evans is questionable for, for Charlie. Kareem Hunt's been battling a groin injury. I expect him to play. Uh, but if that gets worked up during a game, then uh, who knows if he'll be able to keep going. Noah Fant also trying to come back from injury for him. And on the other side for Vince, you know, you already mentioned Odell, but his other starting receiver, Thielen, Nothing, nothing, as we know, is wrong with Thielen, but with the Falcons closing their facility, uh, you have to think that game might be up in the air a little bit if, if there's some more positive tests coming from there. So uh, as you mentioned with the conditional picks, uh, you're getting a very unclear picture of what you might actually see here come Sunday. So uh, I have to go with uh, – it's just so hard to go against Patrick Mahomes – I think he's the better bet here than Kyler Murray because uh, the Cardinals, while they were kind of the the hot pick coming into the season for the high-scoring offense, they've actually been one of the lower-scoring offenses in the league this season. Um, going into Dallas, a team that is going to be very motivated, the one game out from uh, losing Dak, I think, I think they have one of their best efforts of the season this week. Uh, maybe not in a sustainable fashion it's going to be going forward, but at least for one game, I think they're really going to give their all and try to shut Kyler down. So I'm going to give the give the nod to Mahomes and to Vince uh, to get to uh, four and two in that division. That's yeah, gonna be it's gonna be a good one to watch. I'm excited for that game. I think more so than than the others, <laughs> maybe more so than our game of the week that's going to be coming up here in a minute. But before we get to that. We're going to go into a battle of teams that are doing surprisingly bad. And that is Steve Groover's threat level midnight is one and four going up against Kevin Hulick's two and three jump the chart. Groover is projected to take this one 122 to 113. And looking down the roster here, he's going to be relying on some Fitzmagic projected at 19. I see a lot of teens here, a lot of green check, check marks on Steve's side. On the other side for Kevin, we see Jared Goff at 15. Derrick Henry projected 19.4 going up against the Houston defense. Uh, otherwise, a lot of teens and single digits. So I don't expect this one's going to be overly good, but I I'm intrigued by this game, mostly from a Steve Groover standpoint. One in four. You know, we talked about Tyler, you know, at 0 and 5. Can he turn the season around? Can Groover turn one in four around? Because so far, every week we talk about it like, oh, this is the week he gets right. And I know he's projected to win here, but does Steve ever get right? I don't know. It seems like every week we're going into this looking at Joe Mixon and being like, oh, terrible matchup for Joe Mixon. And I'm doing it again this week with the Colts defense. Like, uh, and then the one good matchup he had, Steve benched him. So I think I think Steve's got a bit of the yips right now when it comes to his, his lead running back there. Uh, Miles Sanders gets Baltimore, too. I don't love that matchup, especially with how few weapons are remaining in that Eagles offense for the rest of the defense to really focus on. I think Sanders is going to be a major component that they try to shut down. Uh, DJ Moore going up against the Bears. The, we already mentioned the Bears' rush defense, but their passing defense is another story. They're, they've actually been very good against the pass. I don't love that matchup. Uh, Robert Tanyan at tight end. I, I think the likelihood that Tampa Bay just lets him run completely wide open down the field the way the Falcons did for three touchdowns is highly unlikely. So I, I don't expect a lot of points there either. I just... I just don't love a lot of his matchups there. And at some point, that Fitz magic is going to run out. Luckily, he gets the hapless Jets this week. But uh, they're trying to push Tua in there pretty fast. And the second he has a misstep, it's going to be the end of Fitz magic. It's going to be Fitz tragic. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kevin here. Uh, he's got a, a lot of his portfolio here is, is on Steelers players. So luckily, I think. That, that Brown Steelers game is a high scoring affair. 
Uh, so I, I think there's going to be – I think the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball on on the Browns' deep pass defense pretty easily. And I think uh, I think the Browns' offensive line is going to be able to protect for Baker, as I mentioned earlier. And I think there's going to be some downfield opportunities for whoever the receivers end up being. Um, I think that game ends up being close, but I think it's a high-scoring affair. So I like his opportunity for points there. I like Derrick Henry going up against the Texans. Uh, I like Jump the Shark this week. Yeah, I don't think I actually picked the game. Um, I'm actually going Groover here. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a rough time. Uh, we saw the Browns go up against Indianapolis, and although they won, that running game never got going. So I think you're right. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a bad game. Fitzmagic is going to run out, but it ain't going to be this week against the Jets. And I think he has – I'm going to project a 38-point game, and that's going to be enough to send Put Groover. On board. Put it on the board. I get, I get made fun of for doing conditional picks. I'm going. I'm going out there on the limb to say, Fitzmagic, 38. Points. Uh, I will forget this by the time that we do next week's, and I will have no recollection that I called that, so it won't matter. Anyways, moving on. <clears throat> moving on here to our Sacred Heart game of the week. We have an Einstein's division matchup between Tim Taft's four and one Leave It to Beasley and Kalen King's five and zero Bob's. Roethlisberger's Tim projected to take this one 119 to 115 only a four-point spread here we'll see what Josh Allen can do going up against Kansas City currently projected 23.7 for Tim's team otherwise a lot of numbers in the teens when we look over to Kalen's roster we see Ezekiel Elliott projected for 21. Now, what does what do the Cowboys look like without Dak Prescott? That's going to be the big question. They're going to be relying more on Ezekiel Elliott, and everybody that they're playing is knows that they're going to be relying more on Ezekiel Elliott. So it's going to be one of those, we're, you know what we're doing, but can you stop it? Now, Kalen does not have a defense currently he has the saints in there but the saints are on by i don't see any defense on his bench so not sure who he's going to play there let's assume that whoever he puts in is going to get at least four points so this game is going to be even closer if not nod towards kalen in the projection but i think this is the week kalen goes down josh allen's going to be looking to come back that Kansas City defense can be a little spotty. And Josh Allen uh, got embarrassed last week, so he's going to want to come back. Aaron Jones, number four ranked running back going up against Tampa Bay. I think he's going to have himself a nice game. Juju Smith-Schuster going up against Cleveland. That Cleveland secondary has shown to be a little bit rough at times. Uh, so we'll see what they can do. Pittsburgh versus Cleveland, it's a rivalry game, so you never know. I mean, Miles Garrett may may smack Juju over the head with his own helmet, and Juju's out for the game. So you never know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be enough. Tim Taft takes this one. Tony, where are you? Well, this this is a, a big game here where we're kind of getting robbed of the game that should be happening right this second with the KC Buffalo game. We should be watching Josh Allen against the Chiefs right now in front of us while we're doing the podcast. I'm, I'm, I feel kind of cheated, honestly. Um, <laughs> thank you, COVID. But instead, we're going to do this uh, on Sunday. And uh, I, both these teams have been off to really, really good starts. I, I like uh, Josh Allen against Kansas City, especially with Buffalo being at home. I think they're a different team when they're at home. And uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. Uh, I, I can't see Buffalo playing the way they did on Tuesday night. That was a pretty embarrassing effort for them. And I, I do think they're a pretty good team. So I think they bounce back. Uh, Raheem Mostert going up against the Rams. Uh, he's got another game to get right here. And that's another one. Or the 49ers get embarrassed on their home field by the Miami Dolphins. So I think they come back with a much better effort this week uh, coming off that. Can't see them putting together two efforts like that. At, this, at the end of the day, their offense really has a lot of their pieces back at this point. Uh, Juju against Cleveland, we're really not sure who the who the lead receiver for Pittsburgh is going to be on any given day, but it could be him. Um, Aaron Jones against Tampa, you know, Aaron Jones just has that ability to fall in the end zone at any given time. So uh, I, I like a lot of these these plays over here on Tim's side. On Kalen's side, he's, he's really ravaged by bye weeks this week. He's got six 
six players, including the defense, on by this week on his roster. And it's just uh, Keenan Allen, Josh Jacobs, DK Metcalf, uh, Mike Williams, a lot of good players that he has on by, which I think could really go against him here. Uh, I like I like Zeke against Arizona. I think they run the ball more with Dak being out. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it's going to come down to if that defense finally plays better. If the defense puts them in an immediate hole again, then they're going to have to go back to throwing the ball left and right. Uh, don't really like Brandon Cooks to do what he did last week against Tennessee. Uh, Justin Jefferson could definitely have some some room against Atlanta, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to he's going to put up some yards against the Browns secondary. I think this game is going to be really close. I think both of them are going over their projections. Uh, right now, those projections in the teens, I think this game gets into the 130s easy for both teams. I'm going to give the slight nod because of the bye weeks. I'm going to give the slight nod to leave it to Beasley and to Tim to finally knock Kalen off that undefeated pedestal. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. And Tony, I don't know what your strategy is when it comes to bye weeks. And you've, you've mentioned a couple of times bye weeks aren't your strong suit. But my strategy was always to... You know, if all of the things were equal to kind of load the bye weeks up like Kalen has here. So you have kind of one bad week and then you're pretty much at full roster for the rest of the season. Minus, you know, your couple other buys you're going to have versus the every week I'm missing a giant playmaker. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your strategy with bye weeks, Tony? Uh, I don't have a strategy. So nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I typically ignore them, but. Uh, this strategy that he has here, loading up, trying to get as many buys on one week as possible. I like that method. I think it's a good idea. You kind of mail in one week and try to patch together a team as best you can, but you're at full strength for the rest of it. Um, it's it's a method that I'd like to use at some point. It's, it's one that I, I tried to use at the beginning of the year in, uh, in the auction league I'm in for uh, for Charlie's League because my team is not very good. So I was trying to load up on buy. It didn't end up working out for me. Um but I think if you get the right mix of players and you can you get a couple good stars and you get them all resting at the same time, I think that could be potent as you get into bye weeks when everybody else is having to rest guys on a week-to-week basis and you're pretty much at full strength. I think this could end up paying off for Kalen quite a bit. And he's still got some decent firepower in there. He could still sneak out a win this week. So he gets through here with another win. Whew, it's going to be smooth sailing the rest of the way. Yeah, and, you know, if, if depending on who Kalen picks up, if he picks up a defense that's projected for more than four points, he has the projected win here. You know, we'll see what actually happens. But if yeah, if he can sneak out of this with a win, and then he's loaded for the rest of the season, yeah, he's he's on a fast track to playoffs, uh, if not further. And I'm excited for it. You know, Kalen's been in this league a long time, has been you know a a, a dude in this league. He's been fairly high up there. Last year was a rough year for him. But Kalen's always in the thick of it, and it's good to see him having some success here. Um, even though I, I did pick against him, I, I, I'm excited. I think uh, it's one of those when Kalen's good, the league is good kind of things. Um, and it's, it's also good to see Tim up there, uh, who's, who's always very active. So excited for these two guys to have, be off to great seasons. Uh, we'll see what happens. This will be a fun one to watch. Uh, Tony, I think, uh, I think that wraps up the show. This might be a record for how quickly we've gotten through a show. Uh, but, you know, it's it's going into NFL Week 6, and, uh, you know, life's busy, so we got to move. Yeah, not to be confused with actual Week 6, but there's there's a difference. <laughs> What's the difference, Tony? I don't know. Ask ESPN. Because <laughs> it matters now. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I guess that brings up an interesting point, and I don't know what happens. I know we just said we we're going to close out the show, but I have one more comment. Um, you know, th- if they get to a point, they're able to move around a lot of bye weeks and stuff right now, but they're going to get to a point here where they may just have to start tacking on weeks to the end of the season. But I don't think, as a fantasy league, we are planning on doing that. So you you're going to have guys that don't play their full number of games, um, even, you know, uh, absent of injury, uh, that's going to be an interesting kind of uh, a dilemma as we go through here. Yeah, and I think there's always the possibility that they create an extra bye week later in the season, too, where 
uh, if it's say it's week 13, week 14, they just make it a bye week for everybody. And if there's any makeup games to be played, they're played that week. So if that happens, what happens to fantasy leagues? Cause they would be starting the playoffs at that point. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the people that, that run these, these leagues for ESPN, for Yahoo, for sleeper app, that they've thought of these things, but I kind of get the sense they're kind of making this stuff up as they go. So I think we're just going to have to keep our eyes peeled to the news and uh, to the, to our discord to kind of get a sense for what's going on. Like we mentioned before, just make your roster as deep as you possibly can. Cause you need to be really ready for anything this year. Yeah. And I don't know how the fantasy play, you know, apps could do much better when it doesn't seem the NFL really has a solid plan. They're making a plan as they go. And I think it's decent, but they don't have a real great plan going into it. I think they thought that, they weren't going to have as much COVID widespread COVID issue as they are having. Um, so we'll see what, what ends up coming of this whole Falcons thing. And as we go on in the season, I, I think you mentioned, somebody mentioned it, you know, as teams start looking like they're out of it, do they stop caring about keeping away from friends, family, et cetera, the club um, and, and run into COVID issues. So we'll see how this all breaks down. But it looks like a good week six coming at you. So we'll, we'll go ahead and close it at that point. So for Tony Perenni, I'm Derek Frost. Thank you to Dave Peschian for another great ABCs of the ACTs. And, of course, our other intern, Vince Gorgonzola, for that wonderful theme song. I'm going to plug it again. Make sure you go to Spotify, stream that song, Cast This Pod by Vince Provenchale. It is an amazing song. Let's go ahead and listen to it right now. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>